In this episode, I sit down with Uno Duval, founding director of Between 10 and 5, and he tells us about his failure story and several other anecdotes about his business. This one is for the creatives who have struggled through the pandemic, but also come out to be resilient and positive throughout the pandemic. I think we all can testify that this moment is all about us. The creative economy needs us to really act and also be kind to one another. I hope you enjoy it and see you on the other side of the next episode. Bye. Hello, Palesa. Hello. Hi. Hi, Una. How are you? Good. Thank you for, for being so patient with me this morning. I've uh, had a meeting that ran over a little bit, but here I am. That's great. I'm happy to hear from you. Uh, should we just begin by telling the people who you are and how did you start being the most wanted man on the planet? <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to describe me. Um, certainly, certainly not uh, the way uh, more creative and um, how can I say better business people than I am. But um, but yeah, I, uh, I need to kind of see where my story starts. I mean, I'm currently I'm running between ten and five, South Africa's largest emerging creative platform, um, where the we are the place to come and see the pulse of South Africa's young creative class, uh, from art, design, fashion, music, and everything in between. Um, I've started up many projects outside of Ten and Five and inside Ten and Five. Some that have been successful, some less so. Um, yeah, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of short of it, I think. That's awesome. Um, I've always thought about te- between 10 and 5 as a place where um, creatives commune and develop the, their skills. Did you ever think when you started this would turn out to be as big as it is? No, definitely not. I never thought that it would be kind of what it is now. When we started, I started it with a, with a partner, a friend of mine, um, back in 2008. And we kind of started it to like fill a need, fulfill a need that we had at the time. Um, and it was small at the time. There was nothing like no big, we didn't plan to set out and create this publishing business. Like none of us were in publishing. We didn't study journalism. We didn't study like any of that world. Um, and it's been interesting to see there were many sites like us that have popped up over time um, in South Africa. Um, and it's hard to maintain the kind of the, the rhythm that we that we go on. And online publishing is damn tricky um, to make money from. Um, but I think we it's been interesting to see kind of where the business has has come, where the brand has been, and where it is now. And um, I I I don't know if I would have. Um, kind of seen us where we are now 10 years ago. I think yeah, it was 12 years ago that we started. Um, I don't definitely don't think we would have been, I definitely didn't see us being here, no. I think that's so important. Um, when I started in the industry, I didn't know about Between 10 and 5 and I only heard about it about four years ago. 
Um, And most of my information in terms of emerging artists, because I'm in the visual arts space, have always Mm. derived from between 10 and 5. And the reason we wanted you to be also part of the podcast is to also share a lot of the things that you've learned along the way, because being a creative is not easy. And we know Mm. that we experience a lot of failures and a lot of fuck ups in between and we make a lot of mistakes. What has been your... What has been your biggest and best failure yet? That's I've had so many, you know, and I, and I think it's important to fail um, lots of times, small and inconsequentially, um, so that the bigger things are not um, so big, that you don't get to those big fuck ups. Um, we, we've had like we've had sometimes like. You know, a fuck up can be not planning, and it's not like a big disaster uh, that brings the whole company down. But sometimes it's like you don't have cash in the bank to pay salaries. That's that's a often mm-hmm. that happens often with us, um, just because we we reliant on on um, brands and other businesses to pay us, and now cash flow is a is um, you know, cash flow is a beast, um, mm-hmm. and that that's often down to poor planning on on our side. Um, but there's there's been other instances. I think um, I'm trying to think like not having one of the right people on the team, perhaps, or uh, you know, not hiring correctly for what we stand as a business. We've had some people be part of the business that you think like really, really positive about, and then they turned out to be like stuck ten years behind you. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's been like a major. Um, fuck up that's not been part part of the course everything i think we've taken our stride you know there's been many um editorial blunders that we've done um but those are all things that you learn from i don't see it as i don't see any of them as like being major problem like issues or problems or 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 something like that it's more just like these are some of the things that happen you know um and you take them in your stride i'd say uh yeah um, and also what you pointed out in your answer is that you obviously have, you don't sweat the small stuff. So I guess most of us do sweat the small stuff, um, mm. especially when we want to, to be, you know, to be able to have revenue and create a life for ourselves. Mm. I think a lot of artists or creatives in this day and age want the easy way. And that's just my mm. personal opinion. Um, but you can obviously argue against it and tell me what you think in terms of just artists and creatives creating their own revenue and creating their own path. Mm. I think a, a, a large um, uh, issue that creatives often grapple with is being perfect and and putting something out into the world that is, it must be right, you know, it must be 100% right and it must... Um, I need to craft this thing the most uh, so that it's perfect when it's out. But the reality is that um, shipping and getting something out in, in, in the real world is more important than getting it 100% right. Um, the last 20% of the work will take 80, 80% of the time. Um, and it's I've found it more important to get feedback from people sooner and get something out sooner and get some response from people rather than um 
I'd say, um, kind of like waiting for something to be absolutely perfect. Um, I'd say that those are those are some big. Um, that's a big thing that creatives can definitely learn. Um, the other thing is understanding your position in the marketplace and what your value is, and it goes both ways. Don't undervalue yourself, but also don't overvalue yourself. Um, I think a lot of creatives think that you shouldn't do stuff for exposure, but that's bullshit. You should do stuff for exposure. It's just some sometimes um, the exposure that you're getting is not worth it. And then you just, just say no and move on. I think I've seen a lot of um, creatives bitch and moan about, um, oh, I'm not getting paid for this gig um, and I'm going to call them out on social media. You know what? You can just move on. Like you can just not make a scene about it because there's probably for someone who that opportunity is an amazing opportunity and they would relish to take that. Um, you know, if, if someone told me that, um, you know, I do public speaking and I charge for public speaking, but if someone told me that um, I can speak at, at a, like the global TED talk and I need to pay my own way to get there and I need to pay my own accommodation, I mm. will do that because it's worth the exposure. It's absolutely mm. worth exposure. So, so there's, there's, there's a, it's not so black and white a, a lot of the time. And I think creatives sometimes butt their heads or kind of have a, have a very um, narrow view of that. And I think they need to open themselves up to, to broader thinking around it. So it's all about, it depends on who you're talking to and what is it for totally. and why, right? Um, totally, totally. The the most important thing that just you just gave us and dropped a gem on was just like the amazing fact that as creatives we need to also value ourselves enough to walk away from things that don't actually serve us. Um, what are the the anecdotal moments that you can share with us where you had to walk away from something uh, which broke your heart? <laughs> mm, I, I, more recently, I can um, very clearly remember saying no to Philip Morris' campaign on 10 and 5. Um, it's just not something that we would want to um, promote um, on the site. Um, so we don't promote um, smoking really, and that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, so yeah, we've we've said no to that, um, and just the, I, I suppose the style of what the marketing is just doesn't feel right. Uh, lots of other kind of like scammy type things we would say no to. Um, I do remember now what one of my um, one of my fuck ups were, which might be one of the things that I, I regret walking away from. It was a, a merger that we were going to do when we were quite small, and um, that that business went on to sell to a much bigger agency. It was us and another publisher that were in talks to merge, um, and they were about 10 times our size at the time. And I said, no, I want to wait until we're a little bit bigger. Um, but uh, they went on to sell um, to another company um, fairly shortly after that. That was always the plan for, for them. And we weren't part of that deal. And I think we would have been able to get um to be in a better position if we had partnered with them um so you know i, I suppose that is one of the fuck-ups that i think could have handled a little bit better but i also like i said i, I don't think one should dwell too much on the past um you know so the, the other i think about some of the other things we've had to walk away from um i can't really think about any anything specific like uh, there's i mean 
definitely people that have come our way that just weren't right. Um, so people that were either too expensive, who just absolutely loved being able, like their energy and and um, thinking, but maybe just too expensive or not the right time for us to hire. Um, that's always a pity for us. Uh, we can't hire the, the people that we want to. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, any other campaigns or initiatives or projects, but most of the time they they due they due to context and circumstance that they're just not not a good fit for. And yeah, I suppose one post rationalizes why uh, one doesn't do them. Yeah. Great. I really one of the things that I know I have done before was also apply at between ten and five. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Should I bring you? up? <laughs> yeah, until I bring up your, uh, um, was, your application. Three, four, that's three years ago, actually. Um, and it's it's so funny because every time I see between 10 and 5, I'm like, oh, darn, you know, I should have been in that lineup. <laughs> Nadine, but, uh, Nadine referred you. I see it here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it was, it's it's amazing. I really think that it's really great to talk to you on this platform because I've also had my fair share of failures, and one of the biggest mm. failures was was really just impacting um, impacted my entire you know year last year. But I also wanted yeah. to because also it's about you know the finance side and how do creatives manage their financing and plan ahead because a lot of the time we're living in precarious times at the moment and people want mm. to you know be able to get as much revenue as possible ethically yeah. so as well um how have you planned ahead in terms of just the pandemic how's things have been for you yeah, it's been tough. We we had a lot of our we had about three campaigns that were just flat out cancelled, and another one that was in the works which got stopped. Uh, it was we were in it in the middle of it, and then it just got halved. Um, so we took a fifty percent deposit, luckily, and then the next fifty percent they just cancelled. Um, so we've been hit pretty hard. We managed to have one client that. Um, gave us the go ahead on one of their projects and that's floated us for um, up until now essentially um, but it's, it's been tough we've, we've had to do salary cuts um, we've had to scale back our, our production um, you know just the, the volume of content that we've been doing we've scaled that back what we're trying to do now as well is to see if we can pivot our business model to you know, typically at the moment, our business model is to get money from brands. That's our, our primary yeah. um, way that we generate income. There's big yeah. brands that want to reach the creative audience and we charge them a fee for, for that. Um, but we want to see if there's potentially a way for us to start creating a platform for other people to make money off of us reaching our audience um, and we'll take a share of that. Um, yeah. So if we, can make, if we can make enough people money, we make money too. Um, yeah. And I think... There's a lot of this kind of, um, how you call it, almost like a you know a corner shop idea of like making money for the community um, so that you get uplifted as well. Um, so that's that's definitely how we're trying to what we're trying to move towards. Um, there'll still be a lot of the branded branded work, but I think we're trying to be a lot more responsive to our community and. Um, 
see the value in them and for and for for them basically um that's all we want to, where we want to move towards yeah um you touch on something that uh, is i'm passionate about which is responsible management um a lot of people when we talk about like responsible management and and we combine it with failure um mm. i always find like we talk about climate change and economic change and transformation and use all these big words but what is what does that mean for you as somebody who has up the biggest you know platform in south africa in terms of youth culture mm. um mm. obviously it means that we also have to look at those kinds of issues climate change and sdgs yeah. um how does that yeah. look like Um I think there's the internal external that comes to play there internally how are you managing your team ethically and how are you running the business ethically um I think that does boil down to transparency with the team especially now um we're pretty open with the team around um what our cash flow looks like especially now you know because it's if the business goes under it's their lives that their livelihoods that are at stake so we need to be transparent with them around what the reality looks like um so that's i think really important to be transparent in the way that you operate the business um and then more publicly or outward facing i think that any big voice or any player in the industry cannot be silent on the issues that um their audience faces or or that their constituents face um whether it is gender based violence racism um inequality in the workplace um access to opportunities whatever it might be uh climate change cer- certainly as well um identity and and um how that gets made and and manufactured are all things that that are necessary to talk about um i think we we try to the best of our abilities to touch on all those subjects through the work that we feature so we might feature a photo series dealing with gender-based violence or an illustration project that um of someone that's grappling with their identity um those are all things that we how that's how we do that um i think that we would love to do more um we would love to have you know, publish more content and find more young emerging voices to put on the platform and uh, give um and highlight um but it's a it's a fine balance as well to to kind of manage the um commercial side of stuff and you know, how big is your team how how can you afford them and what do you need them to generate an income um as well are all tricky things to manage at the end of the day um i i don't think we always get it right but uh, i suppose at least we're trying yeah. definitely um i also wanted to delve into this idea of when we look at failure as entrepreneurs and creatives we often think of it as this veneer of um veneer that is on top of success right it's we can remove it anytime and just not you know and deal with it but when it really really hits home we actually have to dissect it and look at it for what it is it is a it's probably something different for you but for me i think failure is just this um all around force that plays around in our playground especially as creatives mm. we can use it in however way we want to use it what is it for you what does that mean for you when you fail 
Facebook, there's that thing of like 10 years of success or success, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, it's about, takes about an overnight success takes about 10 years. Um, and by no means, do I actually think that we are success, successful at the moment. We might be successful in um, still being around um, when you think about all the other publishers that have closed down. Um, but uh, we're not, we don't have that much of a runway. Um, and I and I think that what you, when you say like the veneer of success is certainly there, you know, for a lot of people where it's like you know, living the lifestyle or um, seemingly being more than you actually are, are all um, things that um, the creative industry or people in general um, love to prop up. Um, and it was often the case of like the empty vessels uh, make the most noise um, at times. Um, so I, 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 it's hard to differentiate between all those things. For, for me, what I think about all, how I kind of see all these things and um, when I think about like 10 years of, uh, or overnight success taking 10 years, um, there's, there's a lot of failure along the way, but um, there is success in in every project and failure in every project too. You didn't do it the exact way that you wanted you learn from that and you do it better the next time. So I uh, like, you can never, there's a philosophical saying, you can never step into the same river twice. And I think that's the same thing. You can never do the same project twice because you always do it with some understanding of whatever it was that you did before. Um, if you're doing an event, you're doing it differently than the way you did it before. And you're taking some of the considerations in of why that failed before and how you can make that better this time around. The same with content, the same with whatever, uh, client pitches, whatever it might be. So um, I think we don't see, or I certainly don't see failure as um, anything like, uh, I want to sit in the, the dolder, like sit in the dumps now because we failed at something. Um, we move on fairly quickly. Um, I suppose we've got loads of microsites and, and sub projects inside 10 5 that we tried to launch that they just don't remember because it's just not not significant they never really got up to a stage but they were failures absolutely failures um but yeah, you move on pretty quickly and i think it's important to be able to be able to do that yeah. definitely um two more questions and then i will let you go um i just wanted to also find out from just your experience um coming from this you know big industry the creative industries what is your opinion around you know the state of artists at the moment what's happening in our governments across the world what is your opinion around that mm. so the creative industry in south africa is one of the largest industries um, in the country. Um, it contributes a significant amount to GDP. The amount of jobs that it creates is massive. Um, there's over a million people directly employed in the creative industry, um, whether they are creatives themselves or lawyers in the creative industry, what, you know, what, lawyers or accountants, or whatever it might be, but a million people directly employed. Um, and then there's all the other kind of technicians and service providers to that. So it's a, it's a massive, massive industry. Um, for an industry like that to not be supported by the government is, um, is I think, very short-sighted. Um, I think 
when I when I think of what role culture plays as an export for um, a country, um, certainly not supported enough. Um, and I, and I think the kind of history of who our ministers for culture are and the kind of role that culture play, like the DAC, how that's lumped into government is just wrong. You know, that for it to be part of the portfolios that it is part of does not make sense um, to be lumped into all of those. Um, and I think there can certainly be more support from a governmental side, but I don't think that that's where we should be relying on um, on support from. I think it needs to come from um, businesses and corporates, but also from, from patrons. Um, you can't tell people to support the arts, but you can certainly give them something that is exciting to be involved in. Um, so I'd love to see more corporates supporting um, the arts industry and sponsoring events, um, sponsoring projects and in initiatives. Barca does fantastic work in creating a case for why it's more beneficial to sponsor um, the arts than it is sports, for example. Um, in terms of like what the return on investment is and what the um, the impact can be from um, sponsoring um, the arts. So, uh, yeah, I, I wish there was more. Um, absolutely wish there was more. I wish there was more support for creative entrepreneurs, uh, more funding and more opportunities and more access to, to um, access to clients and business, certainly. Um, it's, it's, it's so hard now with COVID, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a new world and all your kind of previous ideas and opinions are a little bit out of the window um, and need to be reassessed. Um, so hopefully we come out of this, uh, you know, the restaurant industry is just is also like also in a terrible state at the moment. Um, mm. And I think we need to see what, what the state of the economy is once the dust is settled. Um, I suppose the challenge at the moment is we don't even know when the dust is going to settle. We don't have a timeline of yeah. that, which is so yeah. so hard. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, the dust will probably not settle, but we kind not of for have a while. To not for a while. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the last question I have for you is: What are you reading at the moment? Who's inspiring you um, in terms of mm -hmm. just learning? as much as you can about the world that we faced with today, not only with the pandemic, but just all around creativity. Yeah, um, I'm unfortunately a bit off reading at the moment. I have a 17 month uh, baby toddler or, or toddler. So she, <laughs> thank you. She's keeping me quite busy. And so any, any kind of free time that I have, either spend working or, or um, spending with her and my wife. Um, um, so I'm, I unfortunately don't have uh, the biggest reading list at the moment, but um, I think when I'm trying to digest stuff, it'll be on some threads that I find on Twitter. My Twitter feed is, is um, sometimes curated and sometimes it's full of terrible, nasty Twitterness, uh, which sometimes can get depressing. <laughs> Um, but I've got some great people on there that I follow that post like really in-depth uh, reading pieces. Um, I follow a few people on Medium, which I quite like. Um, and then the big site for industry-related um, publication for me is DigiDay. Um, so they've got um, quite good articles on there. And, and I also listen to some of their podcasts. Um, I follow Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher um, quite a bit too. And kind of 
figure out where they where they um, wherever they appear. Uh, there's a couple of other podcasts too. Um, how I built this, um, I quite enjoy. Uh, I think um, uh, Shane Parrish from the Knowledge Project is pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to figure out who else there would be. Yeah, but those, those are some of the main ones. Yeah. Great, great. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. And from me to you, uh, you'll hear from us on email. We have a little bit of a surprise for you. But thank you so much for um, availing yourself and also just making sure that you are as honest and as transparent and as... um, as amazing as you are i think one of the things that i've always admired about you is that you always are honest you always run you know run with the truth and that's one of the things that we wanted to do with this podcast so thank you so much thank you i appreciate it yeah it's good to talk about these things and i and i think um you know a podcast like this is necessary to show people that it's not always um like great stuff out there you know a lot of the businesses it takes hard work and perseverance to run businesses um and to be like i said you know 10 years of success or 10 years take of success takes about 10 years to get to and i think it's all incremental that's one of the biggest lessons um that i think i've learned over time is is that you know the you don't get there through one big thing. There's no windfall that happens. Um, it all happens through daily discipline of working and daily discipline of getting stuff out and getting stuff done. Um, that's the, I think the, probably some of the biggest failures that I can, uh, or the times that we've done the worst is when I've been distracted by the daily discipline of working and um, getting proposals out and thinking about where we are as a business, those are the times that we've um, suffered. Um, so that daily, the, the, the discipline of doing, of thinking about your business daily is the, the the biggest thing that one can do. Doing something every day, that's the main thing. Definitely, definitely, the yeah. everyday working. Um, thank yeah. you so much and um, yeah. I'll be very much uh, appreciative if you check your email quite soon and we can um, we can actually do something to support some creative out there so thank you so much oh, I really appreciate thanks you thanks for that I appreciate <laughs> the time thank you bye, bye. have a good day bye Wow, I learned so much during that conversation with Uno Duval. I hope you did as well. In the next episode, I sit down with a fashion stylist and we discuss the repurposing of denim and the concept of failure. It's an interesting conversation. You don't want to miss it. And I hope that in that conversation, you'll learn a little bit more about sustainable fashion. Anyway, till next time. Thank you for listening and please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Yaji spelled T-Y-A-T-Y-I as well as the podcast Instagram page at failure underscore podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and all the feedback that you have for me. Thank you and see you next time.